0: Welcome to Warrensville Reaching New Heights. I'm your host, June Scharf, and my guest on this episode is a very compelling character. His name is Terrell Dillard. He owns a couple businesses here in Warrensville Heights, and if we had to crack the code on his success, I would say that it relates to his competitive spirit. He grew up playing sports, and I'd say that a very competitive spirit became hardwired into him. So when he got his first job in the banking industry, he became one of their top salespeople. And when he had a job selling ads for a TV station in Cleveland, he was also at the top in terms of sales. Basically, what he tells me is that he had to be the best no matter where the work was coming from. And that all traces back to his time spent in sports. Now, This is probably not an uncommon journey where athletes retain their... For example, listeners who go all the way back to the beginning to my conversation with Mayor Sellers, um, he addressed that point that how do you channel your competitive spirit in the professional world? And clearly he has uh, succeeded in that regard and so has my guest, Mr. Dillard. So please enjoy this conversation with him and plug into that real entrepreneurial mindset where business, as he puts it, is a constant hustle. Terrell Dillard, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here because you embody uh, a very true form of the entrepreneurial spirit, and um, you have your office here in Warrensville Heights on the basically the corner of Emory and Richmond. Correct. And you are the president of two, com- well, you have two companies. You're the president of Zaymat Distributors, and you are a master fra- franchise owner of Janpro. You like these three-letter, <laughs> two-word <laughs> names. So it's Janpro, a commercial cleaning systems uh, company that um, operates out of Greater Cleveland, Akron, and Toledo. Correct. So you tell me how you got into those two industries and what they are. The cleaning I understand Zaymat sure. I'm not so sure. And how did you get the name
1: Zaymat? <laughs> um uh, well Zaymat is um, sort of a play on my two sons' names, Isaiah Mateo, and we call Isaiah Zay mm-hmm. and Mateo. Okay I like so, that. Um, but I'll start with JamPro of Greater Cleveland. I bought the master license for JamPro in 2003. Um, Prior to JamPro, I was a banker for five years Uh, out of college. I wanted to go to law school, Um, but my first job was at a bank, and I quickly became uh, attracted to the entrepreneurial guys that would walk in and uh, I would converse with, and uh, that sort of led my journey. I left banking in 97, uh, and I was looking for a business to buy. Uh, while I was looking, I made a stop at CBS Television, Channel 1943, where I sold television uh, for the station and, again, just fell in love with all of my clients who, 90% of them, were entrepreneurs.
0: And you were very successful in the sales,
1: right? Um I, I would like to say so. Um, certainly at Jam Pro, oh, I'm sorry, at uh, Fifth Third, I was one of the top sales folks in the um, and And television, I was probably... Uh, the most successful salesperson um, in the city. Um, while I was when I left, uh, so sort of left on the top of uh, the sales game, and then I.
0: Well, what's the secret? What's the secret to to your success with sales? Now, I mean, okay, so let me just uh, take a step back. I did see Wolf of Wall Street. I did see that, that scene where he says, sell me this pencil. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I don't know, you know where you fall with, with that kind of thing, but what is your secret?
1: Um, well, I um, uh, grew up playing uh, sports, and I attribute most of my sales success um, and success in business to my athletic mentality, and so I rest on that a lot.
0: What does um, that mean?
1: Yeah. So it's an athletic mentality. I played college basketball, uh, and I also obviously had to study. You don't want to fall behind in your studies. You want to attain all of those educational aspirations. But when you're on the basketball court, you also want to be the best. You want to compete for a starting job. You want to compete uh, within your league. And um, at the Division One level, it's very competitive. Um, when you graduate, that comes to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. And you look for things to replace that high. Okay. Um, And so the two things I found were uh, entrepreneurial endeavors Mm -hmm. and golf. Uh, It's the only thing that replaces the high for me. Uh, So it was pretty natural for me to compete when I'm sitting in a room with 12 other sales folks. You know, I had to be um, the best when I was in banking. I had to be the best when uh, I started my company and, and when we started Jam Pro. My, uh, my single focus um, was to rise um, competitively, um, not for any other reason but to replace the high that I had and the drive that I had. Um, and, and that just never goes away. And I say that all the time the best in every sport at Mm -hmm. some point I try and share with my sons they golf a little but they're not into it yet and I'm not rushing them because they're both athletes and I say when you're done um playing sports and and my youngest son is a a track star at Penn State and when he's finished playing uh in running track I'm telling him he's going to want to replace that high and you're not going to be able to high jump in your 40s. And so <laughs> you're going to want to find something, and golf was that. Uh, and on a, on a similar line, business is a constant hustle. Um, you're constantly competing. You're constantly looking for whatever competitive edge um, that you can put forth. And, and, and so I, f- I figure
0: I found that. When you were growing up, were you involved with any businesses?
1: Well, my mom owned uh, her own beauty salon, so I, I tell people I grew up in a beauty salon. So I, I, I think I can, uh, I understand women a little more than uh, most because I had to listen to them all day. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what'd you notice <laughs> about
0: that?
1: Well, uh, you know, there's, there's no holes barred in, in, a beauty salon or a barber shop, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. so I grew up in a beauty salon, so uh where was her shop uh in Painesville, ohio yeah and so i uh i learned how to um women's fashion well
0: this is not a visual medium but listeners should know that you're also a very dapper dresser (laughs) you you. always (laughs) look like you're dressed ready to go anywhere fake it till you make it (laughs) i don't mean anywhere just like i mean you look good
1: thank you You I look good
0: very polished Well, we should mention that JamPro is ranked as Entrepreneur Magazine's number one fastest growing franchise. Is that true right now? Uh,
1: Yes, so since 2008, JamPro worldwide has sold more franchises than anyone, uh, and we're also the number one commercial cleaning company um, in the world, Mm -hmm. according to Entrepreneur Magazine.
0: And you oversee 150 franchise owners and, um, oh, you have over 600 clients in the Northeast Ohio market. Correct. That's a huge uh, footprint around here.
1: It is. It is it includes uh, Akron, Cleveland, and Toledo areas.
0: And this is, seems like a challenging business because you're mostly working after hours. Correct. You're, you're um, the people who are employed. Correct. Um, so do you... <laughs> Do you ever get to sleep? Or I know you're not involved at that, at that level, but it seems like this is a 24-7 business.
1: So that's a misnomer. We, we um, in the franchise cleaning business, there's a little different setup. And okay. so we don't really have most of those Achilles heels that uh, traditional commercial cleaning companies have. So of my 150 franchise owners locally, I would say 80% of them have full-time jobs, so Mm -hmm. I've got college coaches and professors and high school principals and teachers, nurses, police officers. Uh, lots of stay-at-home dads and moms who can uh, do what they do during the day. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening, they can manage a small commercial cleaning business. So it takes <laughs> a lot away a lot of those headaches that most companies have by going out and having to recruit mm-hmm. a bunch of chronically unemployable folks um, okay. who don't want to clean. Most of the folks who come to me, they have careers, and then they don't mind um, wearing a different hat after 5 o'clock cleaning a few buildings, mm-hmm. and then going home to their family. And so it's a different um, setup. Close to 50% of my franchise owners have college degrees. So we don't deal with a lot of those headaches that most people um, sort of attribute to the, the, the business.
0: So someone were interested in starting a franchise, what I'm thinking a listener might um, want to pursue it. Sure. What's the first step?
1: Sure, just all they have to do is call our office, 440-605-9000, and we'll take it from there. Um, It's a simple one-on-one meeting um, with me, uh, and we go through uh, all of the issues that they might, um, or the questions, I should say, that they might have uh, concerning the business, and then we teach them how to, or show them how to buy a franchise. Uh, and then from there, we have uh, training and all that other good stuff to get them started. But it starts with a phone call. Uh, it's a very low-cost business. Our cheapest franchise starts at about $950. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest franchise owner in the greater Cleveland area started with $950, and he's probably made over $2 million since he's been with us over the last 10 years.
0: Wow. And how long is the training process?
1: There, uh, it's a five-week training program, okay. so there are five classes you have to take, and um, when you're finished with those classes, there's a little test, and mm-hmm. we know you're ready to rock and roll.
0: Where do they take the classes? Uh,
1: at our office okay. in Warrensville Heights.
0: Perfect. And why did you come to Warrensville Heights?
1: Um, good question. So, we originally started out in uh, Mayfield Village, mm-hmm. and um, uh, was there for maybe five, six years. Our lease was up, we were looking for a new home, and uh, a friend of a friend um, found uh, the building that we're in. It's a standalone building, and it just fits our personality well. Um, It's it's a great office. It used to be a real estate uh, office, so it has a nice homely uh, feel when you walk in with a fireplace and all that other good stuff. And so um, we made our home there in 2008, I believe, and been there ever since.
0: Now, you also worked at um, Bonnie Speed Logistics mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Sure. So you know about logistics, which is a, sure. a big part of, I imagine, what you, you do. Sure, sure. So you have just this perfect blend in your background to, to lead you to where you are today, it seems. But we haven't pursued what Zemat is. Sure. So we got the name. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, what is that business?
1: Well, it, it it's sort of a good segue. I, I was the... Uh, president of uh, Lake Tran Transit System which is sort of the RTA uh, regional transit system in Lake County and I was also general manager manager and partner with uh, Bonnie Speed Logistics and so I had uh, sort of a a, a basic knowledge I I would say uh, of the logistics business um, from working in the transit Uh, field to um, uh, Bonnie Speed, and when I moved from Lake County to Cuyahoga County in around 2008 as well, um, it's a commissioner-appointed board, so I had to get off the Lake Tram board, Mm -hmm. Um, and that left a void. I had met and established lots of relationships around the country uh, in the transit world. And so since I was leaving uh, the transit world, I wanted to start a business in the private sector and um, um, take advantage of all the opportunities I knew that existed in transit. And so I started Zaymat um, to do that and um, had s- several products I was selling to the transit Uh, market and we still uh, do a lot of business in transit. We've just expanded. So I sell bus parts to the Denver Transit System. I sell lots of safety uh, gloves and vests and equipment to the Houston Transit System. Um, We still do business with Lake Tran, uh, etc. So that's where ZAMAT started. Um, And since then, we've just expanded in about 10 different states and we deliver lumber and snowplow parts, and um, we're very big in fuel right now. Um, we own a couple of state contracts delivering diesel fuel uh, to all of Montgomery County and the University of Cincinnati and Miami University, and um, working with companies down in Alabama delivering uh, diesel fuel. So that's been our, our, our recent uh, this is activity. This <laughs> Yeah, this is,
0: you've got your hands in a lot of different Got to know how to pivot. Got to yeah, know pivot. how to pivot. Well, speaking of that, I do want to mention all the, the um, boards you're on. So you're involved with the Diversity Center, or not necessarily boards, but, um, you know, yeah, civic boards. engagement, <laughs> we could say. The Diversity Center of Greater Cleveland is something you're active with. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Board of Trustees for the Lake Erie College. And the first T of Greater Cleveland, what is that?
1: Yeah, so um, I am currently on the board of the Diversity Center. Um, I recently... I um, uh, resigned from the board of uh, Lake Erie College. I was on the board for uh, many years, just felt my time uh, was up, a great institution. Um, And then uh, the first T as well. I was a part of that board for several years and recently resigned. My wife and I became empty nesters, so I promised to cut back on a little of the civic engagement so we can uh, follow our sons around the country as they compete in sports and um, also spend a little more time um, in the business as we look to to really buckle down and grow it over the next few years.
0: Well, you're also active with the Lawrenceville Heights Chamber of
1: Commerce. I'm yeah, yeah. still active, but um, um, I'm no longer on the board as well. Uh, so I've had lots of um, uh, board uh, engagements over the last uh, several years. And uh, again, still very uh, supportive of all the organizations that I've, uh, I've been fortunate to be a part of. Um, but again, we, we scaled that down some to, to, to focus on the business over the next several years so we can retire one day.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Um, what did you dream about doing as a child?
1: Um, that, that's an interesting um, question, and the reason I say that is because um, I, I, I made some of these comments recently to different boards that I've been on, um, because I have an affinity um, for helping African-American males specifically sort of see their future. And so when I was young, I tell this story all the time, I was 18 years old, uh, on my way to an Ivy League school, Um, yes, Uh, all state in two sports, (laughs) but I had never met a black business owner. I had never met a black uh, entrepreneur or uh, doctor, uh, attorney, um, dentist. Uh, I was going to school to study pre-law, but again, never had a black teacher. Uh, assistant coach in all my years of growing up. I'm only 49. So obviously there's a problem with that when you're um, uh, growing up. And so I was like everyone else. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Okay. That's the only thing I saw on television. Um, and that's, um, that's not a good thing. And so I um, uh, Give back. Um, uh, my fraternity. We adopted a, a charter school for boys in in, in Cleveland, uh, the Clement School, and we also um, do other things that support um, African American kids. And so I, uh, growing up, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And around the high school years, I realized I wasn't growing much more. I'm 6'2", but, you know, I I, I was smart enough to know NBA uh, players are a little taller uh, and a little more heavy in the pants. And I uh, uh, didn't look like I was going to do that. So I was um, following my parents' uh, instructions by doing well in school. Uh, so it gave me an opportunity to um, uh, attend Cornell. And at Cornell, I was a pre-law student. And uh, my mom still thinks I'm going to law school at some point. Someone <laughs> has to break the news to her. It can't be me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was pre-law. And my first job out of college um, was um, in HR uh, but it didn't start until the fall, and so when I came home to Cleveland, uh, my dad was like, "You need to get a job." And I said, "I have a job." And he was like, "Nope, we're not going to wait till the fall." Uh, and he picked up the phone, called a friend of a friend, and the mm-hmm. next thing you know, I'm working in banking with without any uh, finance or uh, uh, math uh, in my in my undergrad.
0: What was your dad's profession?
1: My dad was an HR professional with Lubrizol Corporation, uh, retired from Lubrizol probably, um, I don't know, 20 plus years ago, and just recently retired as um, uh, head of loss prevention uh, at uh, uh, Sam's Club. I hope I got that right. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it sounds like you've tracked a very steady career, um, just improving every step along the way. But I'm just wondering if you have any regrets um
1: I, I i yes uh, i I don't have mm-hmm. any regrets per se okay. i I do wish I would have uh, uh pursued my dream only because it was a dream and I believe in the, uh actually mm-hmm. uh law uh so I wanted to be uh an attorney. I took basketball as far as I could take it, so mm-hmm. I accomplished what I set out to do to be my best in that 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 sport. But I wish I would have um, uh, continued to law school. I was so burned out from playing basketball for four years and and studying and struggling trying to graduate um, from Cornell that uh, I wanted to take a break and work. I wish I'd have went straight through. Mm-hmm. Um, but in hindsight, I, again, I wouldn't have met the the entrepreneurs and my attorney at the time who uh, told me not to do it, and uh, they knew I uh, was just started. Uh, I started golfing and. My attorney was like, Terrell, you like to golf too much. This isn't a Johnny Cochran game out here like it looks like on TV. Literally, the OJ trial was on, and he was mm-hmm. like, find a business to buy. Um, and with your scales, uh, sales acumen, et cetera, uh, you should be fine.
0: And he was correct. Um, but do you have any advice to anyone who's thinking about starting a business or getting into, you know, being their own boss? Um
1: I've got lots of advice. We don't have time. Um, but I can go on and on because I, I think uh, from the outside in, uh, it's a different um, uh, picture. And uh, so my advice would uh, would be um, for those who don't know anything about it, but it, it seems to be attractive to them to certainly do their homework, explore. Um, a lot of people say, hey, you know, follow your passion. If you like to bake, bake then you start a bakery. Uh, if you, I don't agree with that. Um, okay. uh, obviously I've done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to support a family so I want to go to those industries that would best help me support my family, not necessarily find a career or a a business within golf, because I like to golf, right? Um, And so do your homework. Um, Franchising is a phenomenal way to start a business. Um, Nine out of 10 businesses fail, right? Um, When you buy a franchise, it's just the opposite. Uh, Nine out of 10 of us are still around five years in. Largely not because we're better people but because we have help and franchising is all about being in business for yourself but not alone. Um, And so my franchise owners get to uh, pursue their careers while my office handles all their back office work. Uh, We do all their sales and operations and administrative work and all they have to do is concentrate on their customers uh, at the end of the day.
0: And what do you find most rewarding about being a business owner?
1: Uh, for me specifically in Cleveland, um, it, it's it's watching our businesses uh, succeed. Um, I I can remember just about every franchise who walked into my office, afraid, with their mm-hmm. spouse uh, looking over the top at their glasses uh, uh, at me, and um, and then watching them start that business,
0: and we. And just, that's where you're getting your adrenaline rush. Oh, absolutely. When you see that transformation. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I, and I signed their checks. So I know, you know, in, in Cleveland, um, probably 90% of our franchise owners um, are uh, minority owners. Okay. And um, we probably put over a half a million dollars into their pockets each and every month. And so that's particularly rewarding for me, watching them put their kids through private school and in college. We had our first... Um, franchise uh, uh, owner hand their business down to their son after they put them through uh, Purdue University. And um, that was particularly rewarding for, for us uh, as long as we've been in business to see our first, second generation uh, Jam Pro franchise.
0: That's a tremendous story. Yeah. And people should really think about that. if If they're at a crossroads, if they you know, need to make a life change. Sure, which plenty of us do. Sure, you know, sure. we hit that point in life where it's like, I got, I got to change it up. Sure, sure. <laughs> well,
1: I say you can either, uh, you know, especially in commercial cleaning, you can own a business in the evening, or you can watch television and make other people rich. But uh, there's not too many things you can do after hours, uh, and so commercial cleaning is a very uh, lucrative business. Um, there, there, there's a trash can in every building that you pass. Um, we clean about 600 buildings, but that's less than 1% of Cleveland. So there's a huge upside uh, in the industry.
0: All right, well, Terrell, thank you so much for sharing all this information, for being such an inspiration and great role model, and we appreciate your time.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Jim.